Or, let me put it differently. The value you place on the anointing is what qualifies you to receive it. Hallelujah. All right? Another way to think of it, all right, is that the value you place on the anointing is what qualifies you to receive it. Hallelujah. So we see, for example, uh, in Mark, I think, chapter 7, uh, a certain woman came to Jesus looking for healing for her daughter. And Jesus said, Jesus wasn't minding her. Right? Jesus ignored her. All right? She was talking to Jesus. Jesus was not minding her. All right? Just rather unlike Jesus, but um, that's what we are told happened. And um, I think it's verse 20. Is it verse 26? Um, And the disciples began to get concerned. They said, Lord, address this lady's concerns because she's harassing us. Yes. From verse 25, Mark chapter 7. All right, it says, For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. So this woman only, he's just heard of him. All right, and this is something that I need. Hallelujah. It's something that I want. It's something I must have. And came and fell at his feet. Hallelujah. What is that? Falling at his feet. All right. She came and submitted herself to what Jesus carried. Praise the Lord. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. Hallelujah. This, this Mark actually doesn't... Another one of the Gospels is telling that Jesus just didn't mind her. Right, and it took the disciples to get Jesus to give this woman some attention. All right, so Jesus was told her that you're not qualified. All right, you're not qualified, um, and the reason is that I was sent to the children of Israel, and you are not an Israelite. So what I have is not for you. That's what Jesus was telling her. All right, and Jesus actually said that it is not. Um, let the children first be filled, um, for it is not meat, or it is not good, or it is not appropriate to take the children's bread and to give it to dogs. All right? Take the children's food and give it to dogs. So Jesus said, you are not qualified. You are not qualified. And so what you are looking for, you can't have it, or you shouldn't have it because you are not qualified. Praise the Lord. But then we see something happen that this woman, although Jesus said she was not qualified, she didn't qualify based on her citizenship. All right, She was not a citizen of Israel. She didn't qualify based on her citizenship. But then she became qualified based on her, the value she placed on the anointing. Hallelujah. She became qualified because of the value, because of the high value she placed on the anointing. The value she placed on the anointing qualified her. Hallelujah. Where naturally she was not qualified, the value she placed on the anointing qualified her. Hallelujah. And that's what we see a number of places in the Bible where people who were not naturally qualified 
to receive the anointing because they place high value on it. It takes somebody like Naaman. Jesus said, one day Jesus said, there were many lepers in Israel, but none of them were healed in the time of Elisha, except the Syrian Naaman. All right? Naaman, Elisha the prophet, was not a prophet sent to Syrians or to the nation of Syria. As a matter of fact, the Syrians were always harassing Israel, so they were enemies. All right? But this enemy, all right, you think about it, the enemy of Israel, all right, and Naaman being one of the prominent soldiers in the king's army is like enemy number one. So the enemy of Israel is the one, the only one who came to benefit from the anointing upon the servant of God. Hallelujah. Okay? Naturally, he was not qualified. He was not an, he was not an Israelite. And secondly, he was an enemy of enemies. Alright? He was chief among enemies. Among the enemies of Israel. And yet, he is the one. You think about that. He is the one to whom the grace of God came. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, pay attention. And then he continued. He said that there were many widows in Israel, but Elijah was sent to a widow in Zarephath. Why? Because although naturally the widows of Israel by being the daughters of Abraham were the ones who should have received what Elijah had, Elijah had to give. All right? They didn't show value for what God had put on his servant. So, the value you place on the anointing qualifies the anointing, qualifies you to receive. Hallelujah. Are you understanding? All right? So, the value you place on the anointing outweighs your natural qualification for it. Alright? The value you place on the anointing supersedes the natural qualification that you you have. Alright? Or don't have. Okay? The value you place on the anointing. The anointing moves to where it is valued. Okay? That's one way to think about it. The anointing moves to those who value it. As well, last week we saw that after Isaac blessed what's his name? Jacob. And Esau came. And Esau was crying. Alright? Esau was crying and saying that, didn't you leave anything for me? And Isaac couldn't really come up with anything other than I've made your brother your master, but over time you will come out from under his dominion. That was that was the blessing he so received. Alright, that after some time you become a free man. <laughs> okay? That was all Isaac could 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 say to him. But 
the same Jacob appears again before his father. And then his father opens his mouth and says, and God give you the blessing of Abraham. It's like, ah, why didn't he say that to Esau? The anointing will move to where it is valued. Hallelujah. The anointing will move to... The, the anointing found a place in Jacob. Call Jacob whatever you want. Me, Jacob is one of my favorite people in the Bible. I don't, I, don't, I don't mind what names people call him and all the character assassination that he endures. <laughs> He's one of my favorite people in the Bible because in Jacob, I see clear demonstration of grace. Hallelujah. Jacob lets me understand the grace of God. So I love Jacob. Hallelujah. Mm, I love him. He's, he's one of my... I, I hope when I go to heaven, I will, I will live close to him. Because I like him. I like the man. Hallelujah. Yes. Anyway. So... <coughs> Jacob valued the anointing. So when he stood before his father again, you would have thought that his father would be angry. Alright? And say that, you cry, even though I blessed you. May you suffer for lying to me. <laughs> okay? But that's not what came out of his father's mouth. Because Jacob's value for the anointing drew more of the anointing to him. His father thought he was done the first time. Hallelujah. His father thought he was done. You see? Isaac thought he was done. The first time he blessed him, he thought it was, he was done. Alright, but he wasn't done. Because there was more. Hallelujah. There was more. So more came out and it only came out when the, the person kneeling before Isaac was the one who valued the anointing highly. Hallelujah. Alright, so, so, for example, you may come here and pastor may lay hands on you, but if you don't value the anointing, it, 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 the, the impartation to you will not be significant. You see, Jacob saw the anointing as something worth risking his life for. That's how much he valued it. It was something worth risking his life for. As a young man, all right, there was a risk of he being cursed for the rest of his life, but he took that risk. Because of the value he placed on the anointing. That is how much it meant to him. So, how much does the anointing mean to you? See, how much does the anointing mean to you? And when you encounter the anointing, do you desire it? Or is this something that you can live without? See, Jacob didn't treat the anointing as something he could live without. 
right? It's either I re- either I get it, or if I don't mind, even if I, you know, it's like I, I, the risk is worth it. I'll take the risk because I can't imagine life without it. See, that's like how he was thinking. You see, he can't imagine life without it. So even before this whole episode of his father's blessing, he had begun laying the foundation by buying Esau's birthright. You see, why? 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 Why is it that when Esau asked him for food one day, that's what Jacob, because he had been thinking about it. He had been thinking about it. How do I get this thing? Why? Because it was important to him. The whole year you have not thought about how you can be anointed. Then, you see, clearly it's not valuable to you. You see. But Jacob was thinking about it. So, the anointing in your family line will come to you only if you value it highly. Hallelujah. If you value it highly. And as I was saying a few minutes ago, we are not only talking about um, uh, the anointing to be a minister. All right, God anoints people for different, in different areas to perform different functions. Okay, and when you look in your family, you may not see, you may not see a, a, a preacher, but you may see a business person. Hallelujah! You may see somebody who was highly skilled in certain areas. And one of the things that will help you to recognize that this person is anointed by God is, is, is that when the, pe- the person stands out, hallelujah, the person stands out, the, the, what the person did, right? The person, may not, the person may not have become, maybe a business, but may not have been a millionaire, you see, but you look at what they did with what they had. What they did with what they had. And you can see, this is unusual. Do you understand? Don't say that, oh, there's no Bill Gates in my family. How many Bill Gates are in the whole world, cry? That you, you want one in your family. You, you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be Bill Gates in your family before you can see that this person has the hand of God upon him. But the anointing makes people, it sets people apart. It gives it, it, causes, it produces results that are different from the normal. So you look at people's circumstances and you look at what they did with what they had. And you can say, no, this is, this, is not, this is not normal. Daily Graphic may never have published a story on the person, but you, as you hear about the person's life, you can say, this is not, you see, like your brother. You see, yeah, it's, it's not... The way he, 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 it's not normal. It's not ordinary. Are you understanding? Okay. So, 
you know, last week I was talking about my grandfather. All right? Maybe you don't have a relative like that who was a preacher. But you have somebody who did something else that God anointed them to do. Hallelujah. And that, 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 that person's death, that thing is just sitting somewhere. God is looking for which vessel can carry this next. Hallelujah. Which vessel can carry this next? And what we are saying is that one of the things that God is looking for to see which vessel should, should pass it on to is the value. Who, who, in which person can he find a heart that will really value this? See, so in First uh, uh, Corinthians uh, twelve, First Corinthians twelve, uh, I think it's the last verse. 31. It says, but covet earnestly the best gifts. Hallelujah. Right? That's an instruction. <laughs> Alright, you realize it's an instruction. Covet earnestly. So which, what have you coveted earnestly? What have you earnestly desired? And what's the evidence? What are the signs? That you earnestly desire this thing. See, a wish is different from an earnest desire. Okay, you can see somebody doing something and you wish you were like them. And then you go home and you forget about it. And then earnest desire. Is the desire that you set your heart on it. You see? You set your heart on it. It was it was the way Godwin set his heart on Abna. Hallelujah. It was an earnest desire, it produces results. You, you understand? That's endless desire. It's not. There's a man. There's a man that I wish I'll, I'll get married this year. Oh, uh, and then they get, no, 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 no. And then, and there's a man who set their hearts, like our brother Daniel. Hallelujah. That he was willing to uproot a tree. That's endless desire. You, you understand? I don't need to give more examples, do I? So, and is that you set your heart on this, that this thing, eh, whatever it takes. I mean, the man came to me and said he wants to start ironing my things. I thought that Christian brother wants to help his pastor out, not knowing that my, my, my house was strategically positioned opposite somebody's house. And we said, ah, if you're ironing, in the still room, we have a fan, two, three fans there, so be there in the, where will be? He said, no, no, I want to be outside. 
my wife and I were, were, were wondering why. He said, "No, no, 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 Daddy, I want to, I want to." So he picked the ironing table and went to put it on the veranda. And then he's facing the road. It's like ah. Why is this man face every time he wants to, he's facing the road? I think I won't continue because <laughs> but Enna's desire was was should I stop here? I should stop here. <laughs> Let me add the last one. Then one time my wife was asking about my neighbor. I won't mention my neighbor's name, but I have a neighbor opposite the road. Those of you who've come to my house before. Whether my neighbor is at home or not. And Daniel, she wasn't even talking to Daniel. Daniel answered, oh, she just went out. And said, hey, what kind of monitoring? <laughs> then my wife, began, my wife, she can design some things very, very fast. My wife designed that this thing, this ironing on this veranda, it is not for nothing. <laughs> Hallelujah. And today we have all seen. You see? It was not a wish. It was an earnest, I've set my heart on this. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. You see? That is something that you really want. That was his earnestly desire. Hallelujah. Earnestly desire. Earnestly desire. Earnestly desire. Some of us... The, a desire for anointing is more like just a wish. We wish we, we would like to. We would like to. But it's not an earnest desire. There's no intensity. And it's something that when you die, you just start thinking about it. That's, that's a sign that there's an earnest desire. You just start thinking about it because what? You want it. You want it so much. You want it so much. Maybe the whole year you have not thought about it, then it's not an earnest desire. So then you need to build up your desire. Because the value you place on something can be measured by your desire for it. Alright? The value you place on something, alright? A good indicator or the value you place on something is the intensity of your desire for it. If your desire for it is little, it suggests that you place little value on it. Right? That's why you won't see anybody here when close on church picking stones along the way as he or she is going home. You see? Because we value this. We have little value for the stones. But let there be an announcement tomorrow morning that the government of Ghana has organized their diamonds in Adenta Sakura. You see? And then you see that people have started picking up stones. You see? Because now the stones, <laughs> the value has changed. <laughs> All right? So. 
when you want to receive the spiritual inheritance, learn to have desire, learn to build up desire. Learn to build up desire, develop desire. Develop desire. Hallelujah. And don't be concerned about whether you qualify or not because your desire will qualify you where you lack qualifications otherwise. Your desire will qualify you. Hallelujah. All right. So, um, we are looking at um, the lives of Jacob and Joseph. As we talk about uh, spiritual inheritances. Hallelujah. So, the next thing about um, spiritual inheritances is that spiritual inheritances um, come to those who honor their father and mother. Hallelujah. Spiritual inheritances come to those who honor. So, basically, one way to think of this is they come to those who honor the people who have gone before them. Right? Spiritual inheritances come to those who honor those who have gone ahead of them. You see, the fact that you have no interest in your grandfather's life is an indication that you don't honor him. Your disinterest, <laughs> you see, your lack of interest, all right, is an indication of that he doesn't have a special place. I'm just picking grandfather just as an example. I should repeat what I said. All right, I said so as an example. The fact that you have no interest in your grandfather's life, what he did, what he accomplished, what God did with him, that you have no interest in it, all right, is an indication that there is a lack of honor for him. And as I'm just using the grandfather as an example. You see, one of the ways to show honor to those who have gone ahead of you is to recognize that even their mistakes, you can learn from them. When you write people off that there's nothing really that they have that will benefit you. Okay? Nothing about their life that you should be very concerned about or be interested in. Alright? That is a dishonor. 
All right. So when the Bible says, honor your father and mother, that it may be well with you. Okay. One of the things that God is saying in there is that those who have gone ahead of you, through whom you have become who you are today, there's a certain contribution you need from them to add to your life, to make your life complete. And that will only, you will only get that based on the honor that you show to them. And one of the ways you show honor to those who have gone ahead of you is by taking the trouble to learn about them. Hallelujah. Taking the trouble to learn about them. The see, let's understand this in the kingdom of God, all right. One of the one of the one of the principles that we see operating in the kingdom of God is that when you give honor, you receive favor. When you give honor, you receive favor. What does favor what does favor give you? Favor gives you access to that which you couldn't get access to by yourself. All right, favor delivers to you that which either you struggled to get or you couldn't get at all. All right, favor brings it to you. Okay, and there are different levels of favor. Okay, we won't get into that today. Right, so, what honor does is honor when you give honor. All right, it's like you are exchanging your honor for favor. All right, now there are two ways to see favor. All right, the Bible says that um, Jesus grew in favor with God and man. All right, and if I'm not mistaken, they say the same thing about Samuel the prophet as well. Okay, you need. Two dimensions of favor. All right? You need two dimensions of favor. You need favor from heaven. You need favor from the earth. It's not, it is not enough. When, when heaven hears your cry, your prayer, and response, but men... Do not look favorably on you. You see, 
when Daniel was put in the lion's den, heaven showed him favor. The Bible says, God sent an angel to close the mouth of the lions. It was the favor of the king which caused the king to go the next morning to check on Daniel. That caused Daniel to be released from the lion's den. Are Are you understanding what we're talking about? Okay? So Daniel's deliverance was not complete without the favor of men or of a man. So the favor of heaven closed the lion's mouth but would have kept Daniel in the lion's den. Maybe you have to learn to eat, eat lion meat Cook without cooking it. Because there was no food there except lions. But the favor of a man came to add to the favor from God and made Daniel's deliverance complete and whole. Hallelujah. So, those are two sides of favor that every human being needs. And the Bible says even Jesus himself needed favor from God and favor from men. Right? People needed to hear him. So, though he was the son of God, anointed beyond measure, people needed to hear him. People needed to listen. Hallelujah. So, this is one day the Father spoke from heaven. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. He commanded the earth to hear him. Hallelujah. So, uh, favor is not a topic for today, but that, that's, that is in the kingdom of God. So, first of all, this, these are, these are, this is how favor looks like, right? There are two sides to favor, all right? And in the kingdom of God, honor is what brings you favor. Hallelujah. Favor If you want to have favor in the kingdom of God, live a life of honor, honoring honoring God and honoring others. Hallelujah. And favor will come upon your life increasingly. All right? If you dishonor God or dishonor people, you will increasingly lose favor. Okay? Now, why is that important? Because favor brings you even what you didn't ask for. Favor brings you even what you didn't expect. It is favor that makes somebody think of you and decide to do something for you that you have not even asked for. Are you understanding? Okay. It is favor that makes somebody think of you and decide to
to act on your behalf. So favor brings to you what you didn't ask for, what you were not expecting, and what you didn't qualify for. So, even when we are talking about spiritual inheritances that you don't, some of them you don't even know about, favor can however bring them to you. Hallelujah. Favor can bring them to you. You know, the last, last Tuesday, Pastor was pointing out that one of, the, one of the things we should do is to get our fathers and mothers to pray for us. You see, favor can cause a relative to just come and pray for you and release something to you that you didn't even know was there. So favor is very important. Actually, as a human being, you can't live without favor. A life that lacks favor is becomes a, a, a difficult life. Because even when you go to the petrol station, do you know that a mate can tell you to get out of the car? <laughs> yeah. You can't take for granted that the taxi driver will stop because you are standing there. He can decide to drive on. He doesn't like how your face looks like. So in this life, in life, you need favor every day. You see, you can go to the shop. The thing you have is there. They said they won't sell it to you. What will you do? All right. So favor is important. It's critical. Okay. And in the kingdom that we are part of, all right, there is a principle that when you give honor, favor comes to you. And so, when you honor those who have gone before you, you open doors of favor so that favor can flow into your life. And favor will come to you in the form of these spiritual inheritances and in other forms as well. Hallelujah. Uh, is that clear or uh, is it confusing? Uh, do you understand what I'm talking about? Okay. So... Let's look at 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 at, uh, at the life of uh, so if you consider the life of Jacob for example right um, Jacob placed high value on his father and mother okay when when his parents spoke he simply obeyed he didn't ask he didn't question them he didn't argue he just did what they said All right. Even when his mother told him to go and pretend he was Esau. And he said, I think this is a bad idea. His mother said, do it. He went to do it. Alright. Esau was not like that. Okay. 
He had his own mind. He did his own thing. Okay. There's a very interesting passage in uh, <laughs> Genesis 28. Let's, let's just go there briefly. Uh, just to make the point. Genesis 28. Let's read from verse 5. And Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Padanaram, and to Laban, son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. Right. Verse 6. When Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob, and sent him away to Padanaram, to take him a wife from hence, or from thence, or from there, and that as he blessed him, he, he gave him a charge, saying, "Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan." Verse seven, and that Jacob obeyed his father and his mother, and was gone to Padanaram. All right. So Esau is observing that Jacob is a very obedient son. All right. Verse 8. And Esau, seeing that the daughters of Canaan pleased not Isaac his father. Verse 9. Then went Esau unto Ishmael and took unto the wives which he had Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebajoth, to be his wife. Alright? I find it interesting because Esau has realized that his parents don't like Canaanite women. Alright? And uh, he doesn't bother to ask them. <laughs> okay. Secondly, he has seen that they've sent his brother all the way, far away, to go and pick a wife. Right? But he decides that, oh, if you don't like any other woman, well, they, they have to like an Ishmaelite. <laughs> okay. So he doesn't consider his father or his mother. Alright? The fact that they've sent Jacob on a long journey to find a wife. Alright? He doesn't ask them whether it's an Ishmaelite. Okay. He decides that they should like an Ishmaelite. And so she, he goes and marries an Ishmaelite and believes that he's pleasing his father and his mother. <laughs> Alright? So... You see a contrast between the two. That one has his own mind, thinks he knows what's best for him, and he thinks he 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 thinks he's actually an obedient son. Okay, if you ask Esau, he would say that, Oh, I've gone to marry here for my parents' sake. Okay? But that was not what his parents were looking for. Alright? And then you see Jacob who is just complying with instructions. Alright? Can you see the difference? Alright? And then, let's look at Joseph also. Okay? Um, Last week we read about how the birthright was 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 given to Joseph even though he was uh, son number eleven or so. Um, now, Bible says that the birthright came to Joseph. It skipped 
all the sons who were ahead of him. Okay? Now, Reuben, the firstborn, okay, didn't regard his father much. All right? So he went and uh, had an affair with his father's wife. Okay? And, um, and and so his father declared that you will not excel. You, you won't go far. All right? Um, and he was stripped of what should have been his. Okay? Um, and then you uh, contrast that with Joseph. Okay? Who was very meticulous in giving account to his father of what was happening with him and his brothers. Hallelujah. Okay. We don't we don't have time to go through all the um, but Joseph held his father in high esteem. All right. Reuben didn't think much. His father was oh let's say he's just an old man. All right. Um, and the dishonor of Reuben for his father cost him dearly. And then Joseph's honor for his father enabled him to get that which he was not qualified for. All right? Because if you, if we go to, um, uh, what do you call it? Genesis chapter, is it chapter 50? 49. Thank you, Pastor. All right, so um, you see in verse 3, Reuben, about my firstborn, says, you, you, are, you are the one who is qualified, all right? My might, the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power, unstable as water. Thou shalt not excel, all right? You just cut him off right there, Okay? Um, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, all right? You, 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 you wanted to have that which is your father's. Okay? You see, another person who honored his father greatly was Solomon. Okay? And you see a difference in how they think, all right? When David died, before he died, the Bible says that he, 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 uh, he was finding it difficult to stay warm. All right? So they found him another wife. All right? Very young woman. Okay? The Bible says that David did nothing with her and David died. Okay? When David died, Solomon never touched that woman because he saw this is my father's wife. Although the woman was a virgin. But Solomon said, this is my father's wife. All right? As for Reuben, the woman that his father has children with, that's the one he wants. Okay? What his father has seen and touched and handled, that is what he wants. Okay, so different ways of thinking. Okay, so when you see 
someone like Solomon, the favor that he had. Okay? It's not by accident. Alright? He was a man who showed honor to God and to his father. Hallelujah. So let's come back to Joseph. So let's jump from uh, uh, verse let's jump to verse um, 22. Joseph is a fruitful bough. Alright? Even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches ran over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. But his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is he, from thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel, even by the God of thy father who shall help thee, and by the Almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of thy father have prevailed about the blessings of thy of my progenitors, unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph, and on the crown of him that was separate from his brethren. Hallelujah. So we see the declaration that is made over Joseph is just favor. Hallelujah. It was not that he was the qualified one. All right. The one who was qualified was Reuben. The father said, the father Jacob said, my might, my strength, my power, excellence. Alright, but he stumbled. Okay? And the one who didn't have any of these qualifications rather received the best portion. Hallelujah. That was favor. It's just favor. That's what that's what honor would bring to you. So the Bible says, honor your father and mother that it may be well with you. There is a lot that God is saying there that we may not recognize. Hallelujah. And we must pay close attention because He's 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 giving us a key. He's giving us a key. And he's pointing out that one of the biggest difference makers in your life is favor. And the thing that will cause favor to come upon you in abundance is how much you give honor to those who have gone ahead of you. Hallelujah. I think I will uh, stop here. Yes.